It is time to go deeper in God's Word. It's time to engage in truth. Here is Dr. Steve Ford and Pastor John Bornsheen. You're listening to Engage in Truth, and we are so happy to have you with us today. This is Steve Ford, your co-host, along with Pastor John Bornsheen, Senior Pastor at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. As you may know, we like to cover a wide variety of topics on this show, so with that in mind, we'd like you to come along with us as we take a brief trip back in time, taking a look at one of the early church fathers, Augustine of Hippo. Now, Augustine was a theologian and philosopher whose writings influenced the development of not only Western Christianity, but Western philosophy. He is viewed as one of the most important church fathers of the Latin church. His many important works include The City of God, On Christian Doctrine, and Confessions. He helped formulate the doctrine of original sin. He made significant contributions to the development of just war theory, a subject that we've touched on in prior episodes. Augustine is recognized as a saint in the Catholic Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, Lutheran churches, and the, Anglic- and the Anglican Communion. But he did not start out that way. He is one of the world's best-known sinners-turned-believer. His mother Monica prayed for him for 17 years before his conversion, and he is famously quoted as praying, Lord, give me chastity and continence, but not yet. From the time he was 16 years old, Augustine led an immoral life. He had a child out of wedlock. He embraced heretical teaching. He was even a thief. Upon his conversion, having been influenced by Ambrose of Milan, Augustine admitted in his famous memoir, The Confessions, I lost myself among a multiplicity of things, and I stank in thine eyes, pleasing myself and desirous to please in the eyes of men. Many of us could say the same thing. As we look around us today, seeing lives decimated by sin, could one of them unknowingly be chosen of God like Augustine, just waiting for their Ambrose? Pastor John? Mm, Thank you, Dr. Ford. Wonderful introduction, because today is one of those special occasions where we get to hear the behind the scenes, the story of really Isaiah 64, 8 at work, that he is the potter and we are the clay. It's so fitting because at Calvary Fellowship, we've been studying for First Thessalonians. We're about ready to move now into Second Thessalonians. But we ended our study in chapter 5 and looking at verse 23 very closely, because in that verse, you can miss it. One verse that sets up an entire doctrine that is really a lifetime to really to understand to to really to process this gift this amazing sanctification that happens after salvation when Jesus Christ becomes lord of our lives and he sanctifies us the amazing gift that he is the author and perfecter of our faith that he is working all things to the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose that he's the one who's shaping he's refining he's the one taking us through an unbelievable journey where he sees himself his glorious work made manifest coming out of the one he has chosen now, let me read that verse it's first Thessalonians 5:23 says now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ only he can make us blameless taking all of our sin as far east as from the west never for the two to meet he's the one in a legal term takes us before the courts of heaven 
and the enemy cannot render a charge against us because our Parakletos, our attorney in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Messiah, our Redeemer, has taken all of it upon himself and renders us blameless. Now, in that sanctification process, we talked about the three parts to that. Firstly, there's the positional sanctification, positional sanctification. We see that it's once and all for all, once apart, set apart by God, when we become a believer in Jesus Christ, Hebrews 10, 10, 1 Peter 2, 9, we're instantaneously set apart. We now belong to him. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we don't become an, you know, that's not undone somehow. And that's really hard for us to process that somehow we have not labored enough to attain or earn that once we are a new creation in Christ, we belong to him. He will discipline, he will refine, he will shape, he will mold, he will guide. He is in every detail. And that becomes part of our progressive sanctification, that daily growing in holiness in a journey of life that ensues, where we have almost a specific scope and sequence that's being created for us going through the refiner's fire. And then thirdly, we have perfective sanctification, and that is the finished work where we arrive blameless, purified like a spotless garment, a bride without blemish unto Jesus Christ. And that's his work. He alone is doing this and he preserves us in himself with his own embrace. No one can rob us or steal us out of his hand. And that's Tereo, which is to watch over to keep. That's exactly what he's doing. I bring all of this up because so often we can forget that God has a process in every individual life, that there are individuals who we would expect the moment they go to the altar and they're saved or however that moment of salvation occurred in their lives, whether it was on the side of the road, like the Ethiopian eunuch or wherever they may be. And they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. We expect that somehow they're almost perfect before the eyes of men the next day and forget that they may not yet yield fruit. They're going through a sanctification process. There's going to be a a work that the potter is doing with the end in mind to shape, conform, and and mold into something glorious that reflects himself. And so I, I want us to hear this story because we have a very special guest here in the studio with us, a dear friend of mine, Don Davis. And Don and I, I okay, so you sometimes when you see people walk into the church for the first time, you really don't know their story. We'd expect that, of course, right? It's a handshake, a uh, name is given, maybe an embrace, and you welcome somebody, but you just don't know the journey they've been through. And I can tell you from the moment he walked into our church, there was a zeal, a love for the Lord. And what you don't know is how that zeal was formed, how God shaped and brought that about as a glorious work. Because all I got to see was the man in action of going into the downtown streets of Colorado Springs to give out gospel tracts with passion. I mean, I couldn't contain the man. I turned around and he was already gone. He was already there giving the gospel with like five strangers. I was like giving instructions like, okay, guys, here's how we're going to, hey, Don, hey, wait for us. He couldn't be stopped. He couldn't wait to give the gospel message of Jesus Christ to anyone and everyone he encountered. And I, I, you have to then kind of reverse engineer to go, how did that happen? Where did that come from? That clearly wasn't an overnight thing. God was doing this and it came about in a glorious fashion. So, Don, you're now the owner operator of a wonderful company called All Things New Roofing. And you wear your shirt proudly and you can tell us all about the business. But what I would love for you to do is just share with us 
How did all that zeal for the Lord come about? Take us all the way back if you can. I know we, this time will go by quickly, but you've got an incredible story. Yes. Um, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, we, I, were, I grew up in a um, <clears throat> dysfunctional family for sure. My, uh, my dad and my mom, they got divorced real early. I don't even remember then how, how old I was, but <clears throat> I can't even hardly remember my mom in my younger days. But my dad, he ended up, we were a middle-class family, and so he was a pharmacist, and so he, his, he, what he would do is he would go chase women and, and uh, party. That's all he did was he'd drop us off at the babysitters or whatever. Anyway, so we grew up that way, and, and, and he, he ended up growing, uh, going and chasing a, a lady to Hawaii one, one year and, um, and married her. So I kind of grew up in Hawaii a little bit, and this was like during the Vietnam War. So we had a lot of service people coming through as well. And, and so and I went to, and so I was in the third grade at that time. And, and so it, um, I went, ended up in the fifth grade going to a Bible study with my sister. And uh, at that time, she, she uh, and I think this was probably during the time of the, the Calvary movement, almost, or, you know, at that time, the Jesus freak movement is what they called us, I guess, at that time. <laughs> and so... I gave my life to the Lord, and I was on fire for the Lord. We go to Waikiki Beach and pass out tracks to everybody, and and I remember, uh, you know, like some guy go, "Well, how, how does this happen?" I said, "I don't know, but he's good." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was really, it was really cool. And but anyway, through time, uh, you know, I I fell away, and you know, through regular regular life, and um, next thing I know is uh, um, a smoking pot. Uh, at the in the in the sixth grade, and uh, which is really young, and I look at my grandkids now, and I go, man, I don't see how. But um, anyway, I was smoking pot, and then and the and the and then also I had a paper route at that time, and then got fired for my first job <laughs> for being drunk. And uh, anyway, my life kind of was kind of like spiraling downhill at that time. Uh, and then I got uh, kicked out of school on the seventh grade. And uh, so I got sh- sent back for, for selling pot. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so they sent me back to Texas, and it got even worse. And so it just, um, we, I ended up um, getting into all kinds of drugs. And, and I was kind of like also, I had a, I, d- I found out later, I think some of the frustration is everything was maybe I had a, because I had a learning disability. They didn't know how or why or what I had exactly. Uh, at that time, they didn't really uh, recognize dyslexia, I don't think. Hmm. And that's what it ended up being. So I was, you know, in the in the fourth grade reading, you know, run, Jane, run, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, well, and so I think I was taking out the frustrations probably. I didn't like school i hated school and i was always skipping and uh anyway um ended up going and uh and getting worse and worse started doing really bad stuff and ended up um which i'm not going to get into it doesn't really matter uh but it was spiraling downhill i remember being high one time my dad coming in and saying hey uh you know you just you know he was all mad at me because i was all high and he goes, you need to quit hanging out with these guys. They're getting you in trouble. And I'd say, well, Dad, how do you know I'm not getting them in trouble? <laughs> mm. So it was, uh, 
you know, and and I, you know, and he was pretty much a hypocrite, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he was a he was a, he was a drunk, and he was always chasing women. He's telling me not to do any of the things he was doing. So um, I ended up end up in reform school, and so they sent me in there, and I was there for a little while. I was always going to isolation, which was about a, a room about uh, six foot by eight foot, and a mattress, and you wear your underwear, and that's it. And uh, and I'd be in there. I was in there, I think, about four times for either fighting or trying to escape. And uh, anyway, I ended up escaping one time, and mm. <clears throat> I was on the run for about for almost a year. I ended up living with some a hippie bunch of hippies, a hippie colony, a bunch of family, just a bunch of group of people. Ended up with a a uh, a fake ID, and so I could. Uh, go to work and i worked at night and uh and it was buffing floors and skaggs alpers is the grocery store mm. in lubbock texas and and so <clears throat> i uh and, and and my dad i'd call in like every about every two weeks or so and to talk to my dad and just let him know that i'm still alive but i wouldn't let him know where i'm at because i didn't want to be arrested or go back mm. and so they uh he, I guess the guy that from Hawaii, Jim Brzee was his name, and he was, uh, he'd left, and he was actually from Missouri. And he, what he did was he went to start a school for kids who had learning disabilities, so he was going to start a, a dude ranch. And what it was is it was to, we just go to school half day, and then, and then we would learn building trades the other half. Mm-hmm. He thought, well, the people with, uh, you know, with learning disabilities, they're going to, they're not necessarily going to be doctors and lawyers, <laughs> so uh, so let's che- teach them a trade. And and so uh, anyway, and so next time I called, he said he would uh, if I wanted to go, he would try to do his best to see if they would uh, give uh, my custody over to him. You know, the courts if they would release me. And uh, and I said, and he he asked me if I would go, and I said, sure, I would go. And the plus, I was getting really tired, you know, mm. and now, you know, I must, uh, you know, pretty much I was 13 years old, you know, on the run. And uh, anyway, it was just a real, uh, you know, at that time, it was a real bummer, but, you know, kind of adventurous too, I guess, because, but it was, uh, but I seen God in my life through this whole thing, how he took care of me and watched over me and, and made these opportunities, this, this, uh, how uh, anyway? So I went to that uh, Jim Brzee's. Uh, it's called Little Dixie Ranch, and it was in Missouri, Portland, Missouri. And so we, um, I went there, and I ended up uh, almost about to graduate. But you know, I was kind of honorary, he's always honorary, and and uh, so he uh, <laughs> ended up with a fake, another fake ID, and these, uh, and. Uh, and I was, and so I started a business, kind of, you could say at that time, oh, wow. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was collecting money to go to town to buy a beer for all the other kids there and, and bring it and make a profit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I got caught doing that. I, I took the old car that into town, buy it. But anyway, um, anyway, the, so he ended up. I didn't get to graduate. It was my senior year. He he didn't get to. I didn't get to graduate with everybody else. Um, 
but he is the same guy who kicked me out of the school in Hawaii is the one who kicked me out of the my high school. Wow. His school, so it was kind of a, anyway, but he was, he did have a big impact in my life. Um, and he, uh, <clears throat> so he said, if you send a 10 page report in three different subjects, I'll send you a diploma. And I did that. And he, and he did, he sent me my diploma. And so <clears throat> anyway, and, and so I grad I graduated I got my diploma. Anyway, I went from there and then I just basically, it was, it was, as, you know, just working construction, different, different types of construction, went plumbing, went to electrical, um, uh, painting, uh, and I went on my own remodeling and, and I, you know, the, through this whole time I was drinking and, you know, and that's, um, but it just got worse and worse. And so as I, I was doing remodeling down in, down in, um, Marble Falls, Texas, as we're, and got into, started building new homes at that time. And during that time in Horseshoe Bay and Marble Falls, Texas, we was building homes. And the first thing we'd build would be the, the boat dock. So we'd go skiing and, and, uh, at lunch. <laughs> so mm. we, and so anyway, but it was just big old party is all we were doing. And, you know, I, and then I would start, still try to go to church at that time, which I didn't really know. I mean, I, I mean, I was saved. I knew I was saved. I always knew Jesus. But I never did um, really know him that well because we were going to, all, all I knew was the Episcopal Church. Mm. And, now, and so they didn't really feed you the word like, uh, like kind of like Calvary does. And, uh, which that is so important um to be able to be to be able to you know grow spiritually how but old were you about this time don when you're starting your own business you're building homes there yeah uh, well i was probably about 20 20 years old 20 wow. yeah really mm-hmm. so at this point now you'd, you'd already been through quite a journey already right. and dealing with issues at home and life and yet you still considered yourself that i i'm saved i just i know of jesus right. i just don't really know him right. that well but you still feel that burden yes. even at that age even through all those life choices and drinking and getting caught and barely graduating and all these things you still felt something the the lord yes. was hadn't given up on you right that's pretty awesome yeah yeah that's great I, yeah i mean um <clears throat> i've always known him it seems like he's always and deep in my heart, I mean, even though I was not doing right, and I, but the thing is, I always had that, well, if he'll forgive me, I guess, and uh, if I, and, you know, and I would go to church every now and then, because I just had that yearning to do that every now and then, but I, but I never did, you know, uh, it wasn't a, a complete walk with him. I was still living the me, myself, and I life, you know, mm-hmm. this, the selfish, fleshly life, uh, and <clears throat> it was, um, Anyway, so I just um, ended up um, going from from uh, you know the Texas Texas uh, uh, started going to a crunch, and after it went through that crunch, and I lost. I mean, I sold my last home, uh, my spec home, right before it did crunch. And Texas, it was uh, during the SNL scandal, Carter administration, uh, the uh, uh, I guess the oil crunch. Right. Yeah. So. But anyway, and then I went to back to Missouri, and then and uh, ended up 
living up there. I got married up there and had a daughter and, uh, and then, uh, and then I ended up starting another business. I went ahead and started doing remodeling. And at that time when I was doing remodeling, then I did, I, uh, I, I got into buying homes with no money down. I went hmm. to one of those seminars and I started doing that. And, and, it, and actually I got in with a banker and, and did all that and ended up with about a hundred rental properties. And I ended up putting in and went in all the, all my money into a business that uh, we thought of. And, and I got my brother-in-law involved and he was a thief. And so I lost everything, ended up going bankrupt. So all that that I accomplished. So, and I, I just see it as God, you know, working in my life, showing me that it's not about the things of this world, you know, because you can have a million bucks and you're still empty inside. And so each time, whenever I hit the bottom would be a moment of just, uh, surrendering that much more it seemed like to god and uh ended up uh and i was married at that time too and she ended up leaving you know because of money and so i ended up going um back to uh texas again and uh and and then i went to uh and then it just got and i was living down in austin and i was doing remodeling down there and <clears throat> my brother died of a cocaine overdose he always had a problem with cocaine and and uh, it just got worse and worse and he had a business and in santa fe new mexico and uh and then i he called me up about a week before uh he died and he he said that he 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 thought my dad was went down there and went in partners with him that he thought he was ripping him off and it was a really sad deal and i don't know what happened there but he ended up killing himself i think if anyway um which is too bad so um what happened was i going through a roller coaster ride of up and down and up and down i mean of 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 starting and stopping and and even for periods of times of three to three three months to a year or so and then just falling again but i found out that and each time i'd be looking up at my last bottom and i would just i just and what God ended up showing me through with all this was basically, who are you going to serve? The me, myself, and I, this flesh, or the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Which Trinity? You know, it's, it, there's, you know, it's, and, and, I, and, I, and I finally went to a brokenness. And I just said, God, I'm dead to myself. I just, I surrender. Last time they booked me into jail, and I said, I give. And so, and I gave my life to him and said, here, you, here I am I'll, to be used by you in whatever way, and I and I and I seen the love of Christ uh, uh, pour out of my life at that point, and just uh, he just changed me. I mean, a prodigal son—that's what I was. I was so broken at the last part that it was like Jesus when he left the ninety-nine to go get the the that one. I was I, I didn't have time. I didn't have the strength to to walk back to the father's house he had to care me that's how broken i was i was it was gone and so but he I, he well, rescued I me i know you've got an incredible story even more way more you shared pages with me of just even this is just scratching the surface of mm -hmm. your journey and i think the hope that we have for all of our listeners out there is that god's not finished yet no. whenever we're not seeing the fruit even when someone gives their life to the lord give it time keep pressing in keep praying for them Fruit will come if they're attached 
to the vine. We are the branches. The fruit will come. And you're evidence of that because out of a life of of brokenness has come something glorious and victorious, and we all get to bear witness of it and celebrate ultimately what God has done. And that's what we're here to do even on this program. So I hope as you've been listening to this, you can reach out to Don by getting a hold of the church. Contact us at calvaryfountain.com. We'll get you in check with Don. He'll he'll be happy to talk with you and share the rest of the story with you even. And maybe even share a little bit of his faith, even how he's grown with the Lord since this. Just this whole journey has just done folded. So reach out to us again, calvaryfountain.com. This is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. We would love to see you on Sunday, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.